Welcome to Cinebus Real Talk. I am your host, Joshua Pearson, here today with my brother and co-host, Caleb Pearson. We're here to discuss knowing your audience. This episode is brought to you by Top Sheet Inc. Through our payroll and production management automation, we focus on making sets run smoother and more efficiently, getting your crew paid faster and keeping everybody happier. Our goal is to make sets fun again. Hey, Caleb. How's it going today? It's going good. Uh, how about yourself? Doing great. Glad to have you back on the show again. As everyone knows, we're here today talking about knowing your target audience. So let's just kick this off about, as a filmmaker, how do you figure out who your target audience is? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Um, I, I kind of approach things in a weird way when I'm working on a film. I, I always think of, when, I, when I'm in the scripting phase, I'll often ask or you know talk to the team and say, uh, name one person that this film is for. Think about, you know, if you, if you had one friend, somebody you know, like name them by name. Like yeah. this person, this film is for, and they will love it. That's actually weirdly where I start. And uh, what you what you do with that information is you start multiplying that. Um, okay, so this person would like it. So if this person likes it, who else would, and why? Mm-hmm. And you, you kind of just make a list of people you know, and uh, you, you maybe talk to them about the concept, depending. Yeah. And uh, you get their interest. You you ask them, hey, what kind of films do you like? Uh, how did you find out about those films? Tell me, like, the most indie film that you've watched recently. You know, you ask them questions. You find out where they watch movies, how they watch movies, what movies they prefer. If you were actually right, this is actually a film they would be interested in just by, you know, pitching them story verbally. Uh, if you have some footage, great, show them some footage. And you start multiplying them. You start figuring out where this type of audience lives and what they like what other pages are they on uh, something i talked about before is you can use uh at that point you can kind of use google trends basically it looks at the trends of words being searched you can look at forms and pages so you can basically break down you know where these people are so i can go on facebook groups that are around the films that this person mentioned or the events this person mentioned or you know so on and so forth and i can look at the audience there and say oh okay these are the people that I'm making this film for. These are the people that will most likely enjoy this film. Then you can go on to things like Facebook business. And, you know, something I beat people over the head with is go on Facebook business, look at audience insights, type in those films, type in those interests, type in those places that your kind of representative audience mentioned and check out the demographics. Look at the pages that they like, you know, not only the films, but maybe even like the events, you know, are, are they at Coachella or are they going to be more likely to be at the, uh, the Getty Villa, <laughs> you know, the museum, you know, you, you figure out where they're at, figure out what they would like. And then you can start saying, okay, I can start target marketing versus, you know, as I call it shotgun marketing, where you're just, you know, kind of shooting in the dark, hoping to, you know, hit your audience. So what you can do at that point is you can with Facebook, you know, uh, or Instagram, because they're both connected, you can extract that group of people and you can make a lookalike audience. Mm -hmm. And with that lookalike audience, you can put your trailer together and you can test it and see how many pre-sales you get. You can then get the information back because you know that these people are most likely going to like the film based off of everything else you found. You can say, oh, did the trailer do what I wanted it to or did it not? And then try another one. You know, just try miniature edits of it or different images or different posters or different sayings, you know, until you kind of 
hit your audience uh, and you start seeing an uptick in interactions. And actually, I would actually suggest this before you're actually getting to the ticket sale process. You know, right when you get a trailer, right when you get any piece of content, photos, whatever, start doing this. Start doing this in small scales to start testing and seeing if your hypothesis was right about this audience. Get insights from them as quickly as possible. But, you know, how to find them is I, I don't know if there's a better way than Facebook business with audience insights. I would say you can also look at like things like Reddit, uh, Reddit uh, subreddits in essence. Mm-hmm. You can find communities in there. You can look at Facebook groups. You can look at hashtags around topics from that, you know, that representative audience that you talk to. You can look at hashtags around that audience and you can go look at the images. You can look at the places where, where they live and things like that. And you can really get to know your audience. You know, are you making a film that they will like? Is it going to be in places that they will watch? Uh, are you communicating to them in a way that they will be able to see it and listen? Yeah. And I mean, even like another step further, like, let's say, you know, the writer's not in the room. You bought the rights of the script and you're really trying to figure out who that one person is. Like one step that I would take them looking at who this film is for is what are some relatable characteristics of the characters in this film? Right. Like who could relate to the lead member? Like, you know, who can relate to Johnny, who's a really upbeat, energetic orphan? You know what I mean? Like, just looking at it that from that perspective and being able to figure out who that one person is. And then once you know, like, doing exactly what you said, really testing it out, spending a lot of time with that target audience, I, I would agree, is it's key in order to make sure that your aim is true. Yeah, I think testing out is something we don't do enough. I think, you know, Pixar probably does it best in our industry um, where they'll test things over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe some other studios as well, but they're just ones that come to mind. Um, we, we need to be willing to experiment more. We need to be willing to throw out an idea and, you know, more truth has shown itself. You, you were talking about films that they like. I think something interesting, you're talking about characteristics. I think that's a really interesting concept in understanding the characteristics because you might be able to find similarities between the films that they like. So if you're looking at Facebook Insights and you're seeing them like a list of films that have very similar lead characters or very similar topics or very sim- maybe it's the same director. Maybe these people only like Wes Anderson films, right? Yeah. <laughs> yep. You can start picking up on you know what's important in my film to communicate. If your film really represents that audience and really will fit into that that lineup of films that they like, you need to start asking yourself, you know, what expectations do I need to be setting forward? I think there's this big mistake in filmmaking where we lie to people with trailers. Yeah. You know, we'll get a great opening weekend and then it'll just peter off because we lied to them with a trailer. The, the, The trailer is not supposed to lie to them. I think uh, like some of some micro distributors will do that. They'll put a poster that c- kind of blatantly lies to the people of what to expect. You know, the graphics on the poster are way better than what you have in the film or have nothing to do with it. But uh, I feel like that's not a good way to build a brand around you as a producer, actor, director, or a company, you know? Yeah. Oh, no, I was going to say absolutely. Like there's, I mean, one film that I actually really enjoyed but initially, I was actually very disappointed because it's not what the trailers and poster uh, projected was the number 23. I actually liked that movie. All right. And had the trailers been honest about what this film was, I would have enjoyed my first sit through on it even more. But I was a little, you know, taken back when I realized, oh, wait a second, this isn't a horror film. Right. Because everything was projecting. This is a horror film. It was more of a thriller. Yeah, it was it was a, it was like a psychological thriller. It was really I mean. Don't get me wrong. I think it's a great film. I have no problem with the film, but I just felt like I was misled by those trailers and those posters into thinking 
that this was something completely different than what it turned out to be. Yeah. Well, that's exactly my point is, is what if you are a company uh, filmmaker or whatever, your trailer shouldn't be trying to convince people. Yeah. Uh, to come it shouldn't be trying to trick people into coming your trailer your posters your marketing all should be setting the expectation you you need to be setting the expectation of what they're going to see and if you've done a good job of doing your market research understanding who this film is for and where they are and how to distribute to them you setting that expectation and you're not wasting your dollars you know shotgun marketing yep if you did a good job getting your market research done you know knowing your audience uh knowing where they are what they like and understanding that this film is definitely for them these are the people this film is for and you're not wasting so much money just you know bleeding out and marketing because you can now target a market you can just set expectations because when you set expectations and when they go there not only are their expectations met but exceeded yeah uh, that's when you've created champions that's when your film is going to go beyond the niche that you created it for where they're going to talk about it to other people and them talking about it to other people is going to bring more people into the film and because my friend who likes these type of films talked about it with me explaining the message behind it explaining the relationship they had with the character or whatever I'm more likely to enjoy it because they set the expectation for me. Yeah. Right? And and so like that's that's what we need to be doing is if guys, if you are creating trailers and posters and all these different things, make sure it's there to set the expectation for them. It's not there to manipulate, trick or persuade. Yeah, I think when you start manipulating, tricking and persuading, you wind up bringing the wrong audience to your film. It means you don't believe in your film. Yeah. That means you don't know either. It means you don't know who your audience is or you might know, but you don't have faith in that audience. So you're trying to draw a bigger audience, which all you're doing is really kind of creating negative publicity in the end. If you made a really crappy film and you know it's a crappy film and you have to make a profit off of it, you know, trick your audience. But if you made a film that you're proud of, (laughs) you know what I mean? You know, but if you made a film that you're proud of, if you made something that, you know, is a film that you wanted to make, be honest Set the expectation for them with the, with these tools. Because if you did, like I said, if you did your research, you already know who they are. You already know they will like it. So just communicate to them what, what this film's going to be. Yeah, absolutely. And I think when you're talking about if you know you made a crappy film, you better trick them well in that case because you have to make all your profit back in that weekend. <laughs> like, you have a very exactly. narrow window exactly. to actually make your yeah. money back if you do that. <laughs> Right. And you're going to hurt your brand, whether you're a company, a producer, a director, you're going to hurt your brand by doing that too. Maybe it's just better to set the expectation that it is a crappy film and you might have uh, a cult following on your crappy film. Yeah. You know, I mean, (laughs) if you're Monty Python and the Holy Grail, they had no budget. I wouldn't say that's a crappy film. How dare you? No, no, no. I love that film. (laughs) I absolutely love that film. But they created their cult following. They had no budget. I mean, they cut corn. The coconuts were literally because they had no budget. They were not intending to be horseless. Right. I had heard that story. I've often wondered if it was true. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's like you look at this, it's like they went the extra mile with the lack that they had. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Apparently, for those who don't know, is with Monty Python and the Holy Grail, they were making this film about, you know, King Arthur, more or less. Mm-hmm. And when they were going through the budget for it, they said, okay, what can't we afford? 
They said we can't afford horses; they're too expensive. So they came up with uh, coconuts. So this is the this is the legend that's out there. So we, you know, I, I believe it's true, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, and so the idea from that point on, all the ideas of the weird artwork and the funny humor and the the little bits of extreme sarcasm in there, you know, kind of morphed from that idea we can't afford horses so let's make coconuts uh as the sound of horses (laughs) yeah no exactly i mean they they basically they made the most of what little they had it's they didn't look at it and say oh we don't have enough we can't do it they said oh we don't have much how can we play to this how can we make this our strength exactly and and they did such a good i mean that's one of my all-time favorite cult films so not to call it like a crappy film but it's just like they did a good job of playing to that well, let's talk about like how studios understood their audience, and well, whether it was studios or not, um, or didn't. Like, I I often think of uh, Deadpool, for instance. Mm-hmm. Deadpool is interesting because, uh, unlike the Marvel films that were around it, they only had I think forty forty million dollars to make their film off of, mm-hmm. and so they they did not have the kind of belief behind them that everybody else did. But you know, from the leak of that test footage, they started building an audience. Deadpool was not the most famous Marvel character. He actually, most people didn't know about him. Yeah. You know, he had a very small audience actually. But what they did is they, you know, Ryan Reynolds and the team around him knew the audience, you know, very well. And they were very sarcastic with their marketing. They did a lot of uh, online marketing uh, at points, marketing it as a, as a love film, which was hilarious because they were literally lying to their audience. Yeah. (laughs) But those who were in the know understood why, why that was funny like they were just speaking to their people and it was actually weirdly as weird as it was that lie was setting the expectation for what the film was going to be they they understood their market they hit them hard um especially on social media directly and they were able to make that 40 million dollar film make hundreds of millions of dollars and uh kind of break records for a rated r film and they even made fun of themselves in the film about having the low budget that they had completely oh it was brilliant but you know like it yeah. goes into you know other things but like they did a great job of just owning up to the fact that they had you know no budget um, yep. but you know in their marketing i and and knowing their audience they did great they did a great job of finding them speaking to them and uh, more or less weaponizing the champion so meaning is i'm equipping you to share this video to talk about this yeah to explain to your friends who deadpool is because them lying to the broad audience was like you, you know like you said almost like speaking secret code to the the real small niche audience that they had they know the character that is the character so for them to do that now all of a sudden the audi- the broad audience has this expectation but the the small audience that knows Deadpool is now you know really bringing it home and sharing it with people because of the lie right because they could see through it in a good way right and, you know, to kind of like summarize this is, you know, if, you, if you're doing a good job of, of knowing your audience early, you'll be able to pull off tricks like that. You'll be able to make your, especially distribution and advertising dollars, go much further. Yeah. Um, where audience will do the work for you uh, versus you having to spend all the money and do the legwork your, yourself, lying to all these people, uh, trying to tell them your film is something else that it's not. You know, if, if you do a good job of knowing who they are, knowing what they want to hear, and where they want to hear it, you know, there, there's you know, more or less no reason that you can't, you know, have a, you know, make a successful film. You know, obviously that goes into, did the budget match it? Did the distribution match it? Did all these things match it? But knowing your audience is where it starts. Yeah, absolutely. I think knowing your audience and then, uh, I mean, you've, you've been kind of touching on the whole next question I was going to ask anyways, but it seems like you've been pulling into that as far as reaching that target audience and how. 
I mean, in addition to what you've been saying, is there any more that you would want to say about how to reach that target audience? Yeah, I, I think in a digital world, I think we can kind of glorify, you know, social media and YouTube and, mm-hmm. you know, more, you know, advertising and things like that, which I think they are amazing tools. Um, it's so much more valuable than putting your trailer in a commercial break that nobody's watching because they're staring at their phone. Yeah. You know, at best, most people are on Netflix. So like, like, you know, beyond that, I think get out there, you know. Put your face in front of people. Mm-hmm. Go to, you know, have your team go to as many uh, releases as possible. Shake hands, kiss babies, hypothetically, obviously in a COVID world, yeah. you know, uh, <laughs> do it with social distancing. Um, but but I, I really mean that. Like, I think there's a lot to be said about uh, being being present. Yeah. I, I You know, big studios don't do a good job at that. You know, the only people they're talking to are the journalists and things. Yep. You could do a really good job of you know sitting down with people and letting them create the social media around you or the conversation around you yeah or the word of mouth around you because you showed up and you were there in person and you spent time with them you know in startup world we say do the unscalable uh, until you can't anymore so do the most unscalable things by showing up you know meaning it, it doesn't just scale itself up naturally it's showing up shaking hands talking to people yeah uh spending time with them air high fives from six feet away right right <laughs> until the audience has grown so so big that you know you can't do the unscalable anymore yeah so i i would say you know just the more you know fringe tips would be yeah show up be present know like literally know your audience yeah and i think i mean even beyond that like when you can't be there in person like i mean i had discussion with stanley a couple weeks back on the show as far as talking about building your personal brand and how important that is as a filmmaker and in this case i mean it's exactly that because the thing is it's easier to sell when people know you than it is to strangers meaning like if you got people genuinely caring about you and what you do you have a an awesome marketing team right there yeah and the more people that know you and relate to you the the broader your marketing is because yeah you know as far as they're concerned hey my buddy johnny is making this project and that, that's a that's a huge huge deal and so like yeah even in your social media presence, like that's still a strong tool, but you know, don't just put content out there, but discuss it with your audience, have conversations, send messages, answer questions. And I mean, you know, make yourself relatable. Yeah. But yeah, no, I think that personal interaction, whether it's in person or online is a massive deal to not only marketing, but also having that audience even before you start. And when you start talking to people, they'll start giving you their opinions. You might start writing or creating projects for them because of your discussions you've had with them. Well, and just going back to what you were saying before is you kind of hit on the other side of this knowing your audience is making sure your audience knows you. You know, Mm -hmm. you're talking about like, hey, you know, uh, I know Joe. (laughs) Uh, I want to see Joe's film. I want to support him. It's kind of cool in this digital world. One of the upsides is not only can you understand your audience, but they can understand you. Um, so the concept of illusory relationships is interesting. It's the concept of having a relationship with somebody who is, you know, originally was who's fictional. But in this case, I'm just applying it to uh, a social media presence, somebody they don't actually know in person. So they, they feel like they have a relationship with you. And I feel like if you can do that, if you can have that deep connection with your audience... Yeah, you're going to see a lot more people show up. Yeah. That I think that's a that's a great you know, great flip side to this is is how do you get your audience to know you? But that's that's great. No, absolutely. Well, uh 
Caleb, I just want to thank you again for coming on the show. Again, I hope this is helpful to everyone. If you like our show, again, please subscribe, comment. We would love to have discussions with you guys. If you want to reach out to us, you can also reach out to us at team at topsheet.io. You can email us that way directly. And if you have any ideas, please feel free to share them. We would love to maybe talk about whatever it is in future episodes. And thank you again. All right, guys. Talk to you guys later. Talk to you later. Thank you all for listening. Again, Cinebiz Real Talk has been created and brought to you by Top Sheeting. We are an automated payroll and production solution. We have apps and online software to help make film better. If you have any questions, please go to topsheet.io and jump into our chat. We're here to help. Everybody stay safe, and we'll talk to you soon.